This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 610 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Eco Gold, manufacturer of technologically advanced saddle pads and boots for your equine athlete. Hello, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Darley Newman. Darley is the host and producer of Equitrekking, the Emmy Award-winning travel television series that explores the world on horseback. Equitrekking is broadcast on PBS stations all over America and on Horse and Country TV. Today's tip is Darley's favorite national parks for riding vacations. But before we get to our tip, let's hear what Karen O'Connor has to say about our sponsor, Eco Gold. Uh, I met Patricia, gosh, I think it was probably three years ago, three or four years ago. When, and, and the thing that separates EcoGold from any other saddle pad company in the world that I'm aware of is that they are experts in textiles. And they understand fabrics and they understand what breathes on a horse and what, what holds the sweat in and what doesn't hold the sweat in. And so for that reason, uh, they are ahead of the game. And then they have an incredible uh, support system around them where they respect their, their sponsored riders and ask for our input on the shapes of the, of the product, uh, the shape of the pads, and, and all the other products that EcoGold makes. Uh, and so it's a win-win because you feel like with EcoGold, the, the company and the sponsored riders are all growing together and, and we're all helping each other uh, to make the very best product that there is out there and while they are also uh, they are still continuing to be state-of-the-art on new textiles new fabrics and new products and new um, materials that make their their product stand out way ahead of anything else out there well thanks a lot karen and now on to today's tip welcome back darley newman fantastic equestrian hostess of equitrekking on, you're on PBS, right? Mm-hmm. PBS P- in, in the U.S., and we're actually all over the world now. Really? Tell me. Uh-huh. We're on Horse and Country TV in the U.K. and Ireland, um, and we're on you know networks in 65 other countries. We're on the Tabi Channel in Japan and Escal in France, so all over the world. So you have equitrekking all over the world, and now you have equitrekking with subtitles in foreign countries. Yes, and you know what? They actually, um, in some places, they'll go in studio and they'll do my voice in another language. So it sounds like I'm speaking a language, but I'm not. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so they get somebody who, like, sounds like you to do the voiceover? You know, I doubt they even sound like me. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. That would be fun for me. I want somebody to do that and give me a voice that sounds really good. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it can sound like Zsa Zsa Gabor or something. That, That would be pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> oh, anyway, let let me focus here. We've got a great tip for our young, upcoming, and budding travelers out there. What's it going to be today? Well, I want to talk about, there's so many great national and state parks, but I want to focus a little on national parks for horseback riding because I love America's wild spaces and national parks, and I think a great way to see them is on horseback. And the wonderful thing about all these national parks is there are a lot of them where you can either bring your own horse, 
a lot of them also have places where if you're traveling, you can go and ride for an hour or a day. Um, they're outfitters with great horses, and I've visited a lot of them. So there's some that I would recommend. Ooh, which, which one's at the top of your list? Well, actually, it's funny. Um, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park is one of the tops of my list, and I know that you recently have traveled there. Yes, we did. We, we're living in Kentucky right now, so the Great Smoky Mountains is just a very short, hot trip down the road. And um, we've driven through in the car. We do the little drive. I forget what route that is, but you can have a beautiful, long, winding road up through the mountains and lots of places to pull off and look. And I've done it on a four-wheeler. Thank you very much, Glenn. Um, and at which point I was put right behind the Wrangler because I was the weak link. Um, but I'll tell you, doing it on a horse is such a completely different experience. It was just just completely different. I, I couldn't compare the two at all. It was like being on a it – was, it was a different park altogether. So, um, well, and that's such a horse-friendly park. I mean, they have – about 550 miles of trails that are open to equestrians. They have all these different campsites. There are concessionaires that actually have horses if you want to go out and, and you don't have your own horse with you or you can bring your own horse. It's really accessible. And I'm sure you saw when you were riding there, there are all these different streams or water sources in a lot of different places, which is really nice, especially if you're riding. It's beautiful. And it sounds beautiful because you'll be walking along and you don't see the water yet, but you can hear it. Yeah, it's it's and when you're riding a horse, of course, it's very very quiet unless you have a bunch of teenagers riding around you. Um, so you get the, the it's a very different sensory experience because you you can hear everything along with the clip clop of the horses. So the the uh, water features make it very unique. Now I've not had the opportunity to do any of the parks out west yet, which I suspect are a little different out there in the desert. Yes. Well, I mean, one of my favorites is Bryce Canyon, and that, I think, is the top of a lot of people's lists. But I actually went there in the spring, um, and there was still snow on the hoodoos, those wild rock formations, which are everywhere, and that was absolutely beautiful. It looked like um, frosting on cake. You know, it makes you hungry when you're riding, too. Oh, wow. Um, But that was beautiful. The trails are so cool there. I mean, we, we actually rode from the stables into the canyon. It's like kind of a steep trail, and our guide was telling us, um, you know, some people get nervous on this trail. Of course, I was on this great horse, so I wasn't nervous at all on, on my horse. Um, but the scenery there is spectacular. It's, it's just spectacular. We did the rim trail. Um, and you go and you can see all these different shapes in the hoodoos. Um, you, you know, your imagination can just really run wild. And the history there is amazing, too. Um, so, and I don't know if you know this, but they talk about how great the air quality is there because the park is so isolated from development. Mm -hmm. So you can look for like 100 miles if it's a clear day. So it's great for photography too. So you can ride, you can take pictures. I think that's a really neat place. You could do a helmet cam. um, That would be really cool to do helmet. I mean, we sort of did it in that way. We had our camera guy riding with his camera, so he was our helmet cam. But yeah, no, it's it's a really great park and you know, it's another place where there are, you can bring your own horse there or you can ride right there um, with the local staples that are there. Now, let me make a note here for folks who are not familiar with the national park system here in America. Um, the vendors, for lack of a better term, who run rental horse strings where you can use their horse to go for a trail ride and have a guide are highly, highly regulated. And... Um, the yes. the the 
flaming hoops that these guys have to jump through in order to be licensed to do this. For all of you horse folks out there who would never, ever go to a rent-a-horse trail ride place just because you're pretty sure the horses would be in, in a poor way, you've got nothing to worry about when you're going to the, the national parks. <laughs> Those horses are, no. believe oh you me, gosh. well cared for. No, and they and they do. You're right. They have to jump through many, many hoops just to be there, and a lot of them have been there for a very long time. I Several, mean, yeah, a lot of them are generational. Yeah. Yeah, they don't go away because you know it took them so long to get the damn permit. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But and they're it's just not they're not these like uh, you know fly by night outfits. These are professional, regulated, licensed. Um, they have to fill out lots of forms if there's ever an accident and all that kind of stuff. So. Don't, well, don't freak know, out, folks. <laughs> yeah, they know, too. I mean, another great thing that I like about riding anywhere that you travel and visit is that you are with those local people, and they know everything. I mean, they know so much information. They've been there for a long time doing this. So, you know, you ask them a question about something, they're probably going to have the answer, which I think is really a neat thing to do. I mean, when you're out there with your own little guidebook, you just don't get the same experience as if you're out there with someone who is local who's telling you that unique take on the area so that's something that is very special absolutely so Where we've gone we've, go? <laughs> we, let's see we've gone to bryce that's going to be one of them that's like as you like you said that was near the top of my list now capital reef national park now to tell you the truth i have never even heard of capital reef national park you know and it is there are so many national parks in Utah alone. So, I mean, a lot of people would go to Bryce and Zion and they might not travel down further south to Capitol Reef, but it's a wonderful park with amazing history. I rode with Pat Kearney, who's a local outfitter down there, and takes people out into the park. Um, and she knew so much about the area. Her horses were great, and the scenery is awesome, but we also ran into other riders that were there, and they were camping um, and they were doing some backcountry riding, which is something that you can definitely do in this park. Um, they're great places to ride and explore, and it's pretty diverse as far as the terrain. Um, it's, you, you, know, you kind of see snow-capped mountains sometimes in the distance, and you've got like this kind of red, um, interesting geography because it's in this area that's it's on the water pocket fold, um, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's an area where there's layers and layers of earth that got thrust up and they collapsed over each other. It was, you know, occurred millions of years ago. Um, so you, you kind of see all these different ridges and things, and there are all these kind of hidden, I call them hidden passageways, but there are all these little canyons that you can ride through. And it's oh, it's got like that a big great, maze. Yeah, it's got this great history. There's petroglyphs there. Um, it's, it's where Butch Cassidy is thought to have ridden through and hidden out. And so... And then, the, you know, Mormon settlers were there. So not only can you ride and see all this beautiful, diverse scenery, but you can actually ride to different places and really feel the history, which is a neat aspect of that this, national park. This sounds like a great trip for a family who loves to watch the History Channel. Mm-hmm. Now, explain oh. to me, because I'm not familiar with it, whereabouts, Utah's a very large place, whereabouts in Utah is Capitol Reef National Park? It's south-central Utah. Um, okay. I have to look, because when I did it, I actually drove, we drove from Capitol Reef, and we went up to Bryce after that, and we drove through Zion on the way to Bryce, because they're right there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch um, so of them was, lined up next to each other, the national parks there. Yeah, There are, 
and actually, um, before we went to Capitol Reef, we went over to the St. George area where there's a very small state park, Snow Canyon, that is not heavily visited either. And it's not, they don't have a huge amount of riding trails, but it's another place that is really pretty and diverse. And there's another great outfitter there who has um, Olympic bred horses. Her horses are actually, the one that I rode was descended from an Olympic horse. So I was oh, wow. impressed with that. Yeah, I, I thought that was impressive, and, and she was really good as well. Um, she has Snow Canyon Trail Rides, and that's another place where you could go for a day ride and really experience another. It's a state park, but it's another diverse park in Utah. And Utah's so, God, I think Utah's a beautiful state. There's so many different aspects to travel there. You can I don't think really I have ever been to Utah. I don't think I've, yeah. I've maybe I flew, I flew over it once, I think, in an airplane. <laughs> You might want to add it to your list. I mean, and if you ever fly around Salt Lake, too, I have so many people who have seen our Utah episode and gone to um, ride on Antelope Island, which is right around Salt Lake City. So if you're there on business or whatever or, or going to visit Utah, take a half a day or whatever and go over to Antelope Island. They have this annual bison roundup there. They're actually bison on the island. Um, hmm. It's a state park, and there's an outfitter there who has great horses. It's Beautiful open spaces, snow-capped mountains in the distance, really another great place to go. And I have a lot of people who have done that one who have written to me and said, we watched your episode, we went and rode with Ron, we did that ride, it was great. So that's a really good one. Well, I'm definitely going to have to tune into the Utah episode now. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> the you'll Utah episode. Like, you'll see me a little afraid in that one because I was hurting bison, which I'd never done before. And so, you know. That, that could be hazardous, couldn't it? It can be definitely challenging. They have the horns on the end, and they are big. You're, yeah. you're, those are some big animals. <laughs> yeah, they outweigh the horse by quite a bit. And they, they can charge you, so you got to watch yes. out. <laughs> yes. Um, now we've been through, we've done Great Smoky Mountains, we've done Utah, we've done Bryce Canyon. Now we're really going to change gears. Hawaii? Yes. Yes. This is one of my all-time favorites, actually. Um, Haleakala National Park on Maui. So first of all, you, you know, Maui is dreamy in general. But Haleakala National Park is really cool because the park itself is so different. One side of the park is rainforest, and the other side of the park is actually a volcano. Um, <gasps> okay, now you've got my attention. <laughs> I always so, wanted to ride on a volcano. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> well, oh, my gosh, you have to do this then. I mean, this is one of my favorite rides. You actually ride into the crater of a volcano, Haleakala Crater. Um, it's beautiful, you're constantly changing. Um, you hear, like, the cinders crunching beneath your horse's hooves, and riding is definitely the best way to go down and see this area because it's, it can be really strenuous to hike in and out of this, in and out of this crater, and the horses are very used to it. So you're going to ride good horses that are acclimated to the changing altitudes, which you have to be careful of yourself, and that oh, can take okay. on, yeah, they can take on this challenging trail because you start out at the summit, it's over 10,000 feet, so you're getting these beautiful views of this, this crater that falls down below you, and there's all these different colors, there's greens, there's reds, um, they have this really neat plant there called the Haleakala Silver Sword, which is only found in this, in this crater, um, so Jennifer, you got to get out there to Maui and do this, especially if you want to ride into a volcano, because this one can't be beat. This, this sounds like a really great idea. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to plan my vacation. I'm going to take a cruise from California to Hawaii, and then I'm going to ride in Hawaii, and then I'm going to take a cruise back. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, I like you know, that the, idea. 
Well, so we um, so we drove up to the crater in the morning, you know, very early because we were going to do this ride. We knew it was going to take us all day because we're filming it as well. And we actually filmed it. So it's a national park, so we have to get special permits, and it's like a whole thing. Um, but when we were coming back after the ride, there were all these people, a lot of people go up to the top of the crater, and on the road that you drive to get there, people ride their bikes down this road. <laughs> it's like a tour. Wow. <laughs> there are all these people whizzing down the road on their bikes, and I was thinking it looks fun, but I was much, I would much rather do the ride into the crater on horseback. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. But the other wow. side of the park, the other flip side of, of Haleakala is um, the rainforest. And over on that side, um, there's Maui Stables, which has been there for a long time, but it's uh, all run by people that, you know, a lot of them grew up in the area, in that rainforest area. So they know kind of the legends surrounding the trees, and, and they know, like, what fruit to eat if you're riding through the rainforest. They can take you up to a beautiful waterfall. So it's so funny that one side of the park is this kind of, you know, desolate, crazy-looking, colorful volcano crater, and then the other side, you've got a lush rainforest. Two different planets. Two different planets in one trip, which is really neat, but leave leave a lot of time to get to the rainforest side because you need to drive the Hana Highway, which is 52 miles long approximately, and it has hundreds of curves. So you need to leave enough time because we actually – didn't have enough time in the morning when we were trying to get out there. So um, we were, you know, driving, you know, at a good clip, and I was getting sick from those curves. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, I need to take car sick medication along for this one. <laughs> Actually, that is a good recommendation. If you get motion sickness, bring it along anywhere you travel because you just never know what situations you're going to be in. I've had that happen to me many times. <laughs> I, had, I had to use it at the Great Smoky Mountains. I was fine on board a horse, but getting there in a car, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Bring that along. And even if you're not prone to car sickness, if you've never um, driven in an automobile on incredibly twisting, winding roads with cliffs and stuff, you might want to pack some just on the off chance. Well, I actually did not bring any to Botswana this summer where I went, and I had to take all these small charter flights, and I had to have somebody... Um, somebody radioed to one of the airports I was flying into and, and had some medication brought to me. So I was like, if I have to do another one of these small planes, because we were flying really low to the ground a lot of times because we were filming out of the plane, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't make it. So I actually well, did take the medication a couple of those flights. I was like, So yeah. even, even Darley, the travel expert, learns something new. Oh, always. Every Pack, trip I take. Yeah, well, Every thank you trip. very much for stopping by here and teaching us something new today. Thanks for having me, Jennifer, and let me know where you're going to head next. Oh, absolutely. You'll be, you'll be hearing about it, and um, you've made my bucket list a little longer. I just put another 18 by 24 sheet of paper on the wall. Thank you very nice. much. <laughs> we'll Yay. see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Well, there you go. I'm going to have to take a vacation four times a year to hit up all these parks now. To listen to all of Darley's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. You can also visit equitrekking.com. That's E-Q-U-I-T-R-E-K-K-I-N-G.com to see what Darley is up to next. Or for up-to-the-minute info on Equitrekking, just go to their Facebook page. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. 
Today's sponsor has been Eco Gold. They manufacture truly technologically advanced saddle pads and boots for your equine athletes. Ask for Eco Gold products by name at your local tax store, or you can visit them online at ecogold.ca. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.